What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Digi Tavern. It is another episode of Juani Plays. It is the week of Thanksgiving if you live in the United States. And uh, before we get into this podcast, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a good week, a easy work week. Usually they're pretty short, and you enjoy family and friends and good food. So let's roll an intro and let's get into the podcast. <music> Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, this is Juwani Plays, and I'm your host, JC. So, a couple of things to note really off, off the bat here. So, Garrett of 225 Games and I, we have been collabing on some pretty cool stuff. And we are in the works of making something pretty pretty cool, I think. And it is very Dungeons & Dragons related, uh, or at least tabletop related, I should say, to be more precise. But we are working on something that's pretty cool, and uh, we actually cannot wait to kind of like, kind of get that out there. Uh, this is a project by Garrett that he's been working on, and I'm just con- kind of contributing a little bit. Um, honestly, I don't feel like I'm doing very much, but uh, I'm helping him out, and I can't wait to kind of reveal that because that also kind of leads into something else that I'm working on myself. Um, it's something that I think that I will enjoy doing, uh, and it's just something that I really really have a lot of fun doing so uh as we get a little closer to december uh we'll i'll probably make a bigger announcement about all that stuff and uh it would be really cool to have that uh that opportunity and i might have garrett back on on the podcast so we can talk about that stuff and uh but i'll definitely link a lot of his information down on the bottom of this podcast so if you're interested in 225 games and what they're doing over there because they're doing great work you should totally check it out now it is November, and this is the month of Skyrim's anniversary. We are 11 years into Skyrim, so it has been 11 years. 11 years. Think about that. I'm thinking about that right now, that we haven't seen another Elder Scrolls installment to the main story uh, outside of ESO. Think about that. 11 years. That's a long, long time. And the reason why this kind of just hit me right now, like it's 1132 on the Sunday night. And I was thinking to myself, like, what am I, what am I going to record about? There's a lot of things for me to record about. I think, um, God of War is out the really bad launch that is Pokemon right now. And I'm trying to think to myself, what is, what is something that I want to talk about? Cause I've talked about a lot of different things and I've been talking to my friends about a lot of different things that are gaming related. But this is November, and I'm just a couple of days past the 11th year anniversary of Skyrim, and I kind of want to talk about that for a second here, because as I'm looking on my YouTube, uh, an algorithm has popped up for me, and it's uh, the, the title of this video is 11 Years Later. This is Modern Modded Skyrim, 25 Minutes of Gameplay, 4K HD. And I was watching this video and it's cool it you know like i i've seen modded videos of skyrim i'm a big fan of mxr mods he plays a lot of skyrim he plays a lot of fallout and uh he's got a lot of uh i guess inside jokes about like sleuths and i i love his content i've always loved his content the really funny dude and quality gameplay 
I always felt that during the time like YouTube, when YouTube was just strictly about like kind of like gameplay reviews, let's plays, kill streaks, stuff like that. Uh, he did a really good job early on with the mods and especially with Skyrim and eventually Oblivion and Fallout, to be honest. But we're sitting here 11 years later and Skyrim still has a place in my gaming rotation because I love playing it. But I've I've seen some crazy mods. I've seen some crazy modded games for Skyrim. And I think to myself, all these years later, I still enjoy playing Skyrim, but I still enjoy playing Skyrim as close as I can get it to its vanilla form. Why is that? Well, I feel like when Skyrim first came out, and Skyrim came out when I was in college, and I remember I, remember I went to uh, my local GameStop, which is not very far from me, and I went at midnight. It was a big midnight launch, midnight midnight event, and um, there was like, there was Bethesda people there. They were like, they had the the game running. People were were letting people play early. Uh, they were give out giveaways. Um, they were giving out drinks. They were giving out food. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was back when GameStop did stuff like they they had a lot of care for midnight releases and launches and stuff like that. And when pre orders actually kind of mattered, um, and I remember just playing playing Skyrim and thinking to myself, man, this is a great game. Like, this is fun. I mean, like, I play that game for, I've said it many times, for over like 1,500 hours and over a span of years and consoles. And I think there was a why. Because there's a lot of things in that game that really made me find a place in it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. But I think when I was able to mod the game, I was able to play the version of Skyrim that I maybe have had always wanted to play, if that makes any sense. Because, like, Skyrim is... Skyrim is a great game. Yeah, we know that. Like, it's a good game. Um, it's very uh, polished when you compare it to Oblivion. But there was... It was always missing some stuff. And I, that's why, like, the modding community made the game a lot better. I think that's why the game has lasted so long. But I'm sitting here and I'm watching this dude's video, this 25-minute gameplay in 4K HD with all these mods. And in 4K, it looks amazing. I'm, I, I will say that. But some of the mods that, that this dude's running kind of take the feel of the of the vanilla game away for me. And I'm not a fan of that. And I, I try to think to myself, like, am I just... Am I a purist or am I just not giving these mods a chance? And I have to think to myself, like, when I started streaming, which was a long time ago now, honestly, uh, at least 10 years, damn, uh, it's been a long time. It's been 11 years. It's been 11 years. Yeah, yeah. So it's been like, it's probably been like maybe five or six years that I have not, that I streamed. And I streamed Skyrim. And one of my favorite things was to do was to, you know, play the game and play the game in the most immersive way possible. So all my mods made the game feel more real. So there was the wet and cold mod, the survive mod, um, the uh, no fast travels, the uh, camping mods to, you know, you had to set up camp. You had to gather resources, build fires, eat food, drink water. Uh, there was a lot of that stuff because I think those are things that in games that we kind of get away from when it comes to like playing an RPG game, like food, water. 
they give you buffs. They're not they're not a necessity. It's not something that you have to you have to do. It's not like oh yeah, you need to eat in order to um, survive this gameplay day. That's not how video games work. But when they started adding those survival mods into Skyrim, things became, I think, way more fun for me. Because as you move more towards north, like towards Windhelm and 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 Winterhold, you definitely have to have a fire. And you can't walk for too, too long. Because if you do, you start taking freeze damage or frost damage. You start getting too cold. And your character starts looking more frozen. So it, it means you need to set camp, start a fire, or just get out of the snow as fast as possible and i love that like i thought that was awesome so like it, it gives you that feel of like immersion of of an immersive gameplay now i think skyrim in its whole is great uh but i'm i'm one of those people who like when i mod my skyrim i mod it to get the enhanced version of vanilla that i could possibly want so I'm not getting like lore breaking mods or I'm not getting like these crazy macho man Randy Savage uh, or Tony the or Tony the tank engine or whatever his name was mods that turn that turn dragons into other things like like those are fun. That's fun to like download and to install. But I'm gonna tell you right now, like dealing with mods, managing mods and and really having to learn the load order for all of these uh these mods and in the vanilla game itself it's a pain in the ass it, i mean really is because you can break your game and when you break your game you got to start all over you got to reinstall and it's just i don't want to do all that like i'm good like miss me with that and but i'm but i'm looking at this and i'm just thinking to myself man it's been such a long time and it's been a long it's been too long man like we're sitting here waiting for the next installment of of elder scrolls and we have no clue when we're going to get it i mean they said the year before and then then it was a year later and sure covid has definitely pushed back a lot of games for us and i i honestly think covid has also rushed a lot of games that were delayed or pushed back because we're seeing a lot of games kind of come out now with really sloppy launches and maybe Bethesda is thinking to themselves, let's not do that. Let's not be those people, which if that's the case, I would be extremely happy for because that makes that makes me feel happy that they're taking their time and getting everything situated. But it's been 11 years and they've put a lot of effort into ESO. And I think ESO is fantastic. I think it's a great alternative to something like Oblivion and Skyrim because it feels very similar. Uh, it's a it's a single player for people who want single player. It's an MMO for people who want MMO. Um, and sometimes I can do both. <laughs> and uh, right now, like I'm not playing ESO mostly because like mostly because ESO requires MMOs in general. I feel require a lot of attention, a lot of your um, game time, gameplay time. And right now, like I'm I'm. And Fredo and I have talked about this a lot too, is we're very selective with our time sometimes, um, especially during the times of the year. Like, though I'm not super busy with work anymore, um, 
I don't want to dedicate like all day long just to game. Like I, you know, we're adults now. We have to do things. We have to make sure we're managing our time. And between uh, preparing for all these other things and managing all this other stuff and, and planning for all this other hypotheticals, it sometimes can get a little frustrating to to be able to think to yourself, like, I just don't have time to game like I want to. And it was so funny because when Skyrim was around, I never thought of it that way. I just played it. I just stepped right into it and just went for it. And I was playing Oblivion when I got accepted to college. And then I was playing Skyrim all the way through college. And uh, it was just, it's something that I think is a lot of fun for sure. And, but it's been such a, it's been too long. And I would like to see what they're going to do next. And we've heard rumors that it's going to take place in Argonia uh, or the Black Marsh. It's going to be called Argonia. And we're going to have this new maybe setup. And when you look at what ESO did with Black Marsh and the, I forget what they're called, the Dead Waters, uh, like Dead Water Chronicles, that was really cool because we get to see like this the the skeevy underbelly city side of the Argonian culture because I don't think we really get a fair chance to look at that in other games like Oblivion there is that one town where Argonians and Khajiits don't get along so there's a lot of like you know social issues in that in that city or that town but in Skyrim there hardly is anything we hardly get anything in Skyrim, and if anything, all we ever really get in Skyrim is that Argonians are like anybody else, like Wood Elves, um, Bosmers, uh, Imperials, Khajiits, just unwanted, and that's about it. We don't really get any solid lore or good information, but in Elder Scrolls Online, we get a ton of information. We get a ton of backstory. We get a ton of content. And it's so exciting, which leads me down the question in the path of like 11 years later, right? And we still don't have a real good outcome with Skyrim. Like, we don't know what happens with Skyrim. Uh, and the thing is, like, there are so many, there's open-ended storylines. And this is kind of like the first time they've ever done this, right? We look at Oblivion, like, we're we're helping Tiber Septum. And then we're helping his his bastard son uh, to, you know, continue the line of the empire. Uh, but then he kind of turns himself into like this this godlike deity where he fights. Uh, I think it's Mayrune's Dagon, and they he sacrifices himself for the greater good, and then that's it. The game's over, and we usher into a new age, and that's that's when we kind of enter the age of where Skyrim will take place. So there's a fracturing in the empire, if you will. And as we enter Skyrim, we learn more and more about civil disputes between the Nords or the Stormcloaks and the Imperials. And it's just, it's chaos. It's utter chaos because Imperials feel that that the Nords are stepping out of their line. They're not participating. They're not giving themselves to the empire like they should. And the Nords feel that the Empire and the Imperials are weak and and are just not doing the best for the people, uh, especially the Nords, because the Nords are a proud folk where in, in their mind, Imperials 
they like to stand on airs. And to be completely honest, they're they're not wrong. But the the Nords have this sense of like nationalism, and it's it's us first before you. But it's also kind of like it's also kind of funny because when we think about it, like when when the Nords first came from East with Eastcomore. And the first, I think, 300 or 500 that originally came across the Go Sea into Skyrim. There was genocide that was committed to give Skyrim to the Nords. And Iskamor's hammer or, or battle axe, Wuthgar, literally means elf killer. Um, because he killed so many. And yeah, there's a lot of other things that happened in that that led to their to the ultimate fall of the snow elves which was the dwemer kind of giving way to the farmer or to the, to the snow elves and manipulating them and then the chimer not helping the the snow elves defend them properly because the chimer instead were were focused on using daedric magic that went against azura's wishes and, and wants and when she, they did this as a collective, she punished them all, turning them into Dunmer or Dark Elves and banish or and banishing them from their, I guess, original lands to forever live in the ashy land that is Morrowind. And which is why we have that that breakup between the tribunal and those who still follow Azura. So it's there's a whole combination of why the Nordlings really and truly took Skyrim uh, but regardless genocide was in fact committed and it's funny because like the Nords kind of feel like this was a moment of triumph that that we proved to ourselves and to everyone out here that we deserve this so as you continue to play that game you kind of realize that there's a lot more going on than just like dragonborns and imperials versus stormcloaks um or even just like petty squabbles between Dawn Guard and vampires. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. But ultimately, what we find out is that there is a shadow figurehead. Which, playing Elder Scrolls Online, we learn that the Thalmer, or the Unmarried Dominion, has been around for a long, long time. And the Unmarried Dominion is kind of the shadow entity, the shadow caster pulling the strings of the empire because the empire is weak uh in comparison to what they were once and this is not unfamiliar to tamir tamirelian tamirelian tamriel tamirelian that's a word right to elder scrolls lore and the automated dominion want to once again reign domain all over the continent that is Tamriel. They want to have their influence back on Nern as the focal of empires. And Loki, the Stormcloaks, and the Nords know this, and they don't agree with it. They they have reason and right to fear the the Thalmer or the Almerian Dominion because they're a they're a amazing empire when the time can call for it so what we end up finding out is that like the imperial is absolutely 100 being ran by the thalmer well 
even that is not even accurate. It's more so that the Thalmer has the Imperial by the gnats and it's squeezing tighter and tighter on them. So it's causing them to change certain beliefs or things that the Thalmer doesn't deem worthy. And the reason why this happens or the reason why Skyrim really takes place is because Talos, a human, not a deity, not a divine, uh, the worship of him gets banished. And the Nords take this as a really big attack on their cultural identity because of many of them worship Talos. And Talos is this amazing Viking, Norling um, figurehead um, slaying a serpent. Uh, and this guy is just, he's iconic to the people. He's, he's their god. He's what represents them most, where Azura represents the Dunmer or the Kymer. As uh, uh, um, Talos is the representative or the representative representative, the representative of the Nords. He is the Nords and the Nords are him. And when the Unmarried Dominion and the Thalmer, which is their FBI, if you will, uh, ban his worship, this really breaks the relationship between Nords and Imperials. But we never really see it a big conclusion to the Thalmer's control over the Empire or their influence on the Empire. And it's really, really strange because there are several missions that we really that really involve uh, kind of like investigating the Thalmer and what they're doing here, why they're here, uh, what brings them, blah, blah, blah. And there's that town that's real far up north. Uh, it's kind of like, it's not even a town, it's like a shack. But you go there during a mission during the Thieves' Guild because you're supposed to steal something. Um, when you get there, though, and I think it's also a main mission, too, to go there to steal something as well. Because um, it's like a party. And it's a party hosted by the Thalmer for some of the more regal people that uh, they control through the Empire and through Skyrim. So it's a whole thing. And when you get there, when you go up there, uh, it just seems almost too empty. With time, you kind of do the missions. You kind of learn a little bit more about what's going on up there. And on top of that, you have Thalmer who's like, they're on occasion, like, taking prisoners, like Nord, Nordling prisoners. And they never really know where they're going. So you can stop, you can save them, you can rescue them. But the more and more you do that, the more and the more Thalmer become more hostile towards you. And you start getting hits put out on you from from them. And this all this plays into like your decision making on how you do this stuff, right? So it kind of leads down the path of like, why do they not finish Skyrim? And saying that might be a hot take because it's like, oh, what are you talking about? They they had DLC. We had we had Undaunted. We had we had um uh, not Hearthstone, but like the Hearth DLC. And then we had uh, the the DLC that took us to uh, Morrowind, and but those those never really concluded anything. Those were kind of expansions off of the the concept of 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 vampires in Skyrim, which that's what Blackreach was about um, the the in ESO. So we never really got to see the conclusion of it. And I remember people were kind of like data mining Skyrim back then. 
And the data mining said that there was supposed to be some sort of DLC that led to uh, Hammerfell. Because the Red Guards were coming into Skyrim looking for the princess. And, you know, the princess is the one of Whiterun. And so she's like a runaway, stowaway princess who is supposed to be marrying someone because of family rules, because she's been betrothed. But she doesn't want to be that. She wants to live her own life. She wants to do her own thing. So at some point, you'll, uh, I think her name is like Isild or Sadia is her name. So like you have the, the chance, an opportunity to save Sadia um, or to turn her in. But there's a bigger story being played by by the Red Guards. And it's more than their curved swords, right? Like they're they're doing something. They're here for a reason. And even then you see them like walking on the on the streets and the roads and they're looking for her. They're asking people. And there are even times when you kind of like as you're walking on the roads, you see them investigating a Red Guard woman and then they realize that that's not the right one because they're like, Look, brother. She doesn't have the mole. She doesn't have the scar. That's what she has. She doesn't have the scar. And there's there was a bigger story being told with the Red Guards and the Thalmer. And it never was told. And I don't understand why. So this kind of really leads me into wondering, what are they going to do with this next game? Because you can't make a game that directly takes place after the events of Skyrim. Because Skyrim is a game of options, and that's just the way it is. So you can side with the Stormcloaks and split the Empire and leave Skyrim to be an independent province. Or you can force them to join back up with the Empire, and that's just the way it's going to be. Or you can say, look... Let's keep it peaceful. Let's be civil here. So the Empire gets this. The Nords can keep this. So that we can all just get along and be happy. And for some, that's good enough. But for others, it's it solves nothing. And that is the problem. Like solving nothing is in fact a huge problem. And if you're a Nord or an Imperial... Or like me, a wood elf who's kind of caught in the middle. You have to make some tough decisions on who gets to stay and who gets to go. Um, but they really do matter at the end of the day. And I think that's why this game is still to this day kind of bothers me because it's not done. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with this game because... We've always followed a, a straight narrative of, well, here are the decisions of what's been made. This is how we usher in a new era, a new age, if you will. And that's not what's going to happen with this new game. So I wondered to myself, it's been 11 years. Are they just really trying to figure out how to fix that question? Are they trying to kind of make sure that that question does, in fact, get answered? Because Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time. Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite series of all time. Um, franchises of all time. And I want to see what they're going to do to kind of conclude our story. Because I don't think it's finished. And I think, if anything, in truth, Elder Scrolls opened up even more questions. About the Admiral Dominion, about the Thalmer, 
about the Skyrim and the about Skyrim and the Nords and the true sons of Skyrim, about the Imperials and what they're doing. And what's even crazier is if you play as a member of the Dark Brotherhood, you assassinate the Empire or the Emperor. Are we gonna kind of bring that into play with this next game? I mean, there's just there's just so much. There's so many things to be answered. There's so many questions. And as much as I look back on Skyrim, and, and to quote Morgan Webb, you don't play Skyrim, you live Skyrim. But the thing is that, like, in this life that we lived in this world, in Tamriel, we have so many questions unanswered. And as we enter this next phase, next chapter of the franchise, we have so I mean, I'm just left wanting more. And so here we are, 11 years later, no answers. And I'm not really frustrated either because I'm just, I'm more excited to see what they're going to do and to see what kind of engine they run it on, what kind of game they make. And ultimately though, ultimately, I just want a clean game with, with efficient answers. And that's it. And I think I would be happy for it. It's a lot. I know it's a lot and and I'm not even like getting into the deep deep depths of what I really want to talk about Skyrim uh, because this video that I just happened to watch just kind of made me think about mods and vanilla wow a vanilla wow vanilla Skyrim so that leads me to ask you guys are you still playing Skyrim do you still dabble in in Tamriel uh, it where does Skyrim hold on your list let me know let me know in the comments let me know in the in the in our reviews shoot me a tweet whatever have you let, let, let me know what's going on how you feel about Skyrim. what do you want to see happen with elder scrolls going into the future and when do you think we're going to get a release date because i've got no clue and i'm hoping i'm hoping by 2024 to be honest if we see a in my opinion if we see a quakecon in this next coming year then i feel like maybe we'll get some kind of reveal for the next skyrim or elder scrolls game and i think i would be happy with that well that's it that's the end of this podcast that's the end of my rant and let me know how you guys feel about all this stuff do you agree do you think do you think skyrim is going to ultimately come to a actual conclusion what do you think Argonia is going to be about? And when do you think it's going to be released? Let me know. Tweet me out. Retweet us. Do what you got to do. Or just send me some messages. Because I, I genuinely want to know what you guys think. So we're going to wind this down. I'm going to say my goodbyes. And I'm going to thank you guys, for so, I'm going to thank you guys one more time for listening to this podcast. For making it to the end. I really do appreciate that. If you could leave us a review, follow us on all of our social media platforms. There will be a link at the bottom of this podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in one last time. And uh, I've been your host. This has been JC. This has been Juwani Plays. And uh, come back to the DigiTavern next week and have a lovely, lovely holiday. Peace. Peace.